This is episode 10, featured lettering artist, Gemma O'Brien. Welcome to the Hand Lettering Podcast. I'm Tan Love, hand lettering artist with a degree in art and design, and more than 10 years experience specialising in pencil illustrations. I write and create for letteringtutorial.com, a place to find tutorials, interviews, resources and more. Join me as I talk about all things lettering. Hello and welcome to episode 10 of the Hand Lettering Podcast. I'm really excited to have reached this milestone point with the podcast series, episode 10. I think that's not too bad of an achievement (laughs) to have managed to come up with 10 episodes where I just talk about lettering. I'm still, as I've mentioned in previous episodes, planning on making as many more as I can, as long as they're always helpful and relevant to you. Um, But woo, the mini celebration for reaching 10 episodes. Thank you for joining me along with these 10 episodes. It's been really, really fun. My original plan was just to make six episodes and see how that went and assess things at that point and see whether it could work to make more than six episodes or whether just to do a few little six episode mini seasons as such of the podcast series so like a season one and a season two but so far fingers crossed it's been it's been going okay the way I have been doing it you do seem to be repeatedly listening and joining in each week uh, and leaving your feedback and joining in with the inspiring quotes that I've been suggesting and using the new hashtag to go with that too so it's all really positive stuff it's all stuff that's fueling me to keep making episodes and it's all helped to shape the podcast as it currently is and I'm sure it's going to still develop and grow further yet so as I always say if you would like to leave some feedback or make some suggestions about how you'd like to see this podcast series going or something new you'd like to see in it, please do get in contact with me. You can do that one of two ways. I say one of two ways, actually one of three ways now that I think about it. You can email me and send me your suggestions, uh, features you'd like to see, your general feedback. And to do that, you can email ask at letteringtutorial.com so that's A-S-K at L-E-T-T-E-R-I-N-G T-U-T-O-R-I-A-L dot C-O-M Otherwise you can go on to the show notes for this episode or any of the previous episodes and just pop in your thoughts, opinions in the comments below the show notes. To find the show notes for this episode you can either go to letteringtutorial.com and then click on podcast in the menu and then there'll be a list of all the most current podcast episodes there and you want to click on episode 10. Otherwise if you just go straight to letteringtutorial.com forward slash hand lettering podcast 10 and that's a numerical number 10 that will take you straight to the show notes for this episode and again if you scroll down to the bottom there's a little comments bit that you can pop in your thoughts and ideas there 
Then finally, you can leave an honest review in either iTunes or Stitcher. They're the two main platforms I use for the podcast to get it out to you. By leaving an honest review, it will again help me to shape future episodes, but it will also help other people to know whether this podcast is something that might appeal to them or might be helpful to them. So it's always really helpful to me and others if you can leave a review in iTunes or Stitcher. Whether you're listening on iTunes, Stitcher, YouTube or SoundCloud, or Facebook actually as well, those are the main places that I do share the podcast episodes. Don't forget to subscribe or follow or like, whichever applies to whichever platform you use, or any or as many (laughs) platforms as you use. That way then, when I bring out new episodes, you're guaranteed to catch them and you're not likely to miss them. As you've probably caught on from the title of this episode, this week's featured lettering artist is Australian Gemma O'Brien. I can't actually remember now how I first came across Gemma's work. I'm pretty sure it was one of the great curation resources that I mentioned in a previous episode. I think one of those uh, shared her work at some point. So if you haven't heard that episode, I can't remember which number it was now. Somewhere between four and six, I think. (laughs) It was called Great, Great Lettering Curation Resources. Check that episode out, as there are some really helpful resources in there for finding new lettering work. But I'm pretty sure it was one of those that I recommended in that episode that shared Gemma's work, and that's how I first came across it. And I thought it was really, really, really brilliant. Gemma studied design at college in Sydney, and then went on to launch her own solo career in around 2012. She specialises in lettering, typography, type, using both hand lettering mediums, so brush lettering, drawing and painting with letters, as well as digital mediums for creating type and um, playing about with typography. She's done lettering commissions for some pretty big clients along the way in her lettering journey, including Adobe, Heineken, Heinz, Qantas, and the New York Times. So those are some pretty big companies to have done lettering work for and some really great achievements. She's often working on other projects when she's not working on commercial commissions. And she also runs different uh, hand lettering workshops as well. So if you are in Australia, I would imagine that's a prime location to join in on those when she is running them. I think I did read somewhere that it says she does them worldwide too, so you might well be able to catch them elsewhere, but it's definitely worth looking into if you are interested in taking a hand lettering workshop, because Gemma's, as I've already said, lettering work is really brilliant. (laughs) There's two main things that made Gemma's work stand out to me. The first is the size. So if you've previously seen some of Gemma's work, you'll know what I mean. If you haven't, then I'm about to explain. Many pieces that Gemma creates are like mural size pieces. They're big on the wall size. They're not refined to a piece of paper or a sketchbook size. They're really, really big. They're accurately drawn and painted up as well. The letter proportions, she just keeps wonderfully intact which is impressive I haven't yet myself tried to draw 
anything particularly big. My parents have recently purchased a new home which has had to have a bit of renovation done to it. The wallpaper was a little bit dated. So <laughs> there's some potential blank slates uh, going on in there I think at the moment that I might see if I can take advantage of <laughs> and have a go and see how challenging it actually is to put lettering up really big on a wall. I'll see how it goes and I've, I'm sure I will be documenting that on letteringtutorial.com so keep an eye out for that over the next couple of months or so provided that they do allow me to come in and temporarily disrupt their walls. <laughs> I'm sure they will. They can paint over it again easily enough. Not all of Gemma's work is at scale, I will mention that now. It's not all really big. She does do normal size pieces too. But it's one of the things that stands out about her and her work because it is quite common for her to make really large pieces. And they're really, really interesting. So I definitely recommend you have a look at her work in general. As always, I will be in a second recommending a specific piece that stood out to me. On to the second reason why Gemma stood out to me, and that was because the style of her lettering was a bit different and a bit unique. The style that Gemma uses varies a lot from piece to piece, so she doesn't generally follow the same style or a similar style each time she letters. One piece could be quite loose and maybe in a brush grip style and then another piece might be quite dainty and decorative and feminine so there's no set no set trend within her work as such she seems to always experiment with different styles different types of letter she sometimes works with lettering styles that you tend to see more commonly used by men and then might convert to ones that you see more commonly used by women which I really like I like the diversity so that's the second reason why she stood out to me. The piece of Gemma's work that I'd like to talk about in this episode and that I'm featuring for this episode contains the words, tell him he's dreaming. No G on the end. I believe she put it up um, not too long ago actually, three or four days ago on Instagram and I think it's a throwback so I think it was something that she perhaps created a while back. But it stood out to me recently which is why I'm sharing it with you. The piece of work is one of her larger pieces again, it's a, a wall-sized muriel. It's taller than she is, I'm not 100% sure how tall she is, I think the average female is around 5'4", five, 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 somewhere between 5'4 and 5'6 I think it is making me a little shorter <laughs> than the average female height. Uh, however, it is taller than she is, so that's impressive. Uh, she's got a little footstool, which you can see in the picture, which I'm guessing she's been using to reach the slightly higher parts of it. It's just in monochrome colours, so just black and white, but that still makes it as equally effective as if she'd used colour. Although I have noticed a lot of her work does tend to just stick around black and white colours, just monochrome. But sometimes I think that can be more effective than oversaturating something with lots of colour. It's obviously down to individual preference. I think a lot of the time when you're lettering, the focus is supposed to be on the letters. And colour can obviously take away from that and it can distract. That is partly why I decided to make all the imagery on letteringtutorial.com black and white. And gave it a bit of a black and white theme. 
so that you can just focus on the lettering and the techniques and so there aren't any distractions besides. You can still see the pictures in colour if you hover over with your mouse or if you double click, um, or sorry, double tap from a smartphone or tablet, so you might not have known that one. <laughs> Some people have yet to discover it and it looks a bit cluttery if I stick it in every article and in the, at some point in the future I might change it around again. <laughs> so I don't want to have to remove that from every single article I've written, but hopefully you have worked that out already or hopefully you still appreciate seeing it just in black and white. It's like I say, it does just leave you to focus on the lettering then there's no distractions by bright colours or quirky colours or anything like that to take your eye away from the actual letter form. The picture Gemma shared of Tell Him He's Dreaming isn't actually a completed piece, it's a work in progress, it does look like it's pretty close to being finished. The lettering is mostly filled in, it's just some dots that you can see from the picture that she's filling in uh, gradually across Dreaming and that looks like that's the last to be done on that piece. It contains a bit of illustration with a heart behind it with stars uh, patterned into that and a bit of a kind of a swoosh motion around the Tell Him He's Dreaming. I really like this piece because it's got a bit of a comic book feel about it, uh, especially with the dots and uh, the kind of the poinsettism effect that they've given across half of the lettering. She's put them from the bottom half of like a word up to kind of the centre of the word. You'll, you'll see what I mean <laughs> when you look it up. But it's very effective. Uh, it reminds me a little bit of artwork that uh, Roy Lichtenstein used to create where he used the dots and again his was kind of a bit comic booky. Uh, he's an artist that was possibly around the 60s or 70s, I probably have that wrong. I did study him at school. <laughs> so that was a, a while ago now, so my, my knowledge is a bit rusty. I remember his work, but I can't remember the, the finer details of when exactly it was created. But it does remind me a bit um, of his style, not so much his actual work though. I think it's a very clever piece because it's bold, it's all in capital letters and then it's got a kind of drop shadow of black behind it which does give it a really bold look but at the same time it's quite pretty and charming because of the swishes that come off of it and then the heart and the background with the stars and it complements it very very well the two go together very very well and I think it's quite clever to create a piece that works in that way with that harmony often it can look a bit out of place if you put such bold lettering with kind of a pretty cute background and and vice versa. It can be a bit of a, a trick or a knack to getting that right, but Gemma's done it incredibly well. Definitely recommend that you have a look at Tell Him He's Dreaming. I will of course put a link to the piece in the show notes so you'll be able to find that nice and easily. And I'll also put a link to Gemma's Instagram account as well. She goes by Mrs. Eves on Instagram. So I assume possibly she got married somewhere in between starting her lettering career as Gemma O'Brien. And maybe didn't want to confuse people. I assume that's what 
happen there. I could, <laughs> could be completely um, creating stories there, but <laughs> I would imagine that might be, seems like the most likely scenario. So if you want to find her quickly now on Instagram as you're listening to this, it's Mrs. Eves 101. So that's M R S E A V E S 101 and then numerical. But like I say, those will go in the show notes so you'll be able to find them nice and easily. Hopefully that's given you enough information about Gemma to encourage you to go and have a look at her work and get inspired. Going to move on now to the next dose of inspiration for this episode, and that's your inspiring quote. For the past four or five episodes now, I've been following a pattern of the first episode is on a specific topic, then the week after it's the inspiration episode, like this one is, then back to a topic and inspiration and so on. And I've also been doing a thing where I try and find a quote that relates to what the previous week's topic was about. So last week's topic was on sewing your work down and seeing the benefits of sewing your work down and what you can gain from doing that. And therefore, <laughs> you've probably guessed now that this week's quote is going to be about slowing things down <laughs> and working slowly. The quote I'm going to suggest for you to have a go at lettering, so that's the point, I probably should have said that maybe a little bit sooner for those tuning in for the first time on this episode, I suggest a quote that's designed to be great for beginners but no matter what your skill level it's still fun to join in with too and also something to help inspire you, so often it's really, really common actually to get caught in a bit of a creative rut where you can't think of things to letter um, and you get a bit uninspired so the idea of these quotes is to give you something uh, for a bit of inspiration and something to letter all at the same time. Right okay back to the quote sorry I got a little bit sidetracked they were not really sidetracked I just wanted to make it clear as to why I recommend a quote every other episode. This week's quote is by Mae West, and that's May spell M-A-E. I think in the UK we usually spell it M-A-Y a lot of the time. I don't know if that's just a UK thing though. Um, I have seen it spelled M-A-E a few times more recently though. Maybe I've just been a bit sheltered <laughs> for most of my life. Anyway, the quote is, Anything worth doing is worth doing slowly. So that's a nice shortish one, seven words long, I think it was, one, two, three, four, five, yes, seven, seven words. So that's not too challenging. There's a few words you can play around with on that one again as well. Apply whatever style you feel like working in and have a go at lettering that one. There are a few great ways that you can share your lettering work based upon this quote that I've suggested. Or if you just want to share your lettering work with me in general, then that's fine as well. You can use these ways also. So the first is to tag me in your work on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. You can do that on Facebook. If you go to facebook.com forward slash lettering tutorial, you can share your work and post it on the lettering tutorial page there, which will mean I'll be able to see it and others will too. On Twitter, you can tag me in it using at letteringtute, that's T-U-T, on the end of lettering. 
and on Instagram you can tag me using at lettering tutorial. I'd really love to see what you create and those again are one of the ways you can share your work with me. The other great way that a listener of this podcast series actually came up with, so there we go, proof that I do <laughs> take on board your feedback and comments and I will do my best to implement the good ideas. So you can use a hashtag, it's a special hashtag for this podcast series and for lettering tutorial and if you tag your work, Instagram seems to be the place where that's taking off best at the moment. I'm sure it probably will expand more to other social media platforms in time, but it has only been around a couple of weeks, so still in early days. But if you use hashtag lettering tutorial gallery, so that's hashtag L E T T E R I N G T U T O R I A L. G-A-L-L-E-R-Y and hashtag your work with that and all your other usual ones you might like to use. I will be able to have a look at your work and others will too. The hashtag is actually growing really well. I think the last time I looked there were over 40 posts now that have been tagged with it. A lot of them revolve around the quotes I've been suggesting. It's a really great way I think of seeing how things can be lettered differently and that's always useful to know and see the variation within lettering. It's also great to see people working on a similar level to you with their lettering as well. It can give you a bit more reassurement. A lot of the, the great places to see lettering online show lettering at a really high standard and that can be a bit overwhelming or sometimes a bit disappointing if you're quite new to lettering, a beginner maybe, and seeing all this, you know, really high standard work can make you feel really, <laughs> really miserable sometimes. Sometimes it has the opposite effect. It doesn't always inspire, it kind of brings you down a bit because it's human nature to compare. So this is hopefully going to provide a way to actually give you inspiration, show you people that are working similarly to you, and hopefully give you a way to meet other people that are perhaps at a similar place in their lettering journeys that you are that you can share your journey with so that's the kind of the point of the hashtag so do use it and like I say even if your work doesn't relate to the quote in this episode or the previous quotes that I've provided you can still use it um, with your other bits of lettering work because it's still fun to see what else other people are creating it's time for the last part of this podcast episode where I answer your hand lettering questions if you have a question you'd like me to answer in this podcast series, I'm more than happy to do so and give it my best shot. You can send your questions to ask at letteringtutorial.com. So that's again ask at l-e-t-t-e-r-i-n-g e-u-t-o-r-i-a-l dot c-o-m. So send your questions in, you can send as many as you like, and about any kind of lettering, brush lettering, calligraphy, anything that relates to lettering whatsoever, and I will do my best to answer them for you. You can also ask any questions that you have in the comments section for the show notes of this episode or any previous episodes as well, so that's another way of reaching out to me if you'd like to. 
Now, as this is a bit of a mini milestone episode, where it's episode 10, I thought it would be quite fun to answer some of my questions that I had about lettering when I first started out. I thought now is probably the best time to do it because I do think if I probably hold off on it much longer and, and don't share them with you, there's a good chance I'm going to forget a lot of those those first questions that went through my head or those things that I had to go out and research when I first started out lettering and I obviously I want you to benefit from that so I'm going to share those things with you now. The first major question I remember having around hand lettering was how do you start lettering? That was the main question and I had to do quite a bit of research. I ended up actually writing, I think it was the first ever article I wrote on lettering tutorial was how and when to start hand lettering because it was an important thing to me and I realised it was quite a varied subject area everybody seemed to have different answers on how to start hand lettering or you'd find a group of people would say start this way and then a group of people would say something contradicting and say start this way there was no one set this is how you start option and that is the answer to the question there is no one way <laughs> to start hand lettering there's no one right way to do it and from my research that I did, that, that's what I concluded. And a year, a good year later now, I'm still in the same position where I do believe that there is no right way to start. But the best thing is to start lettering. So put pen to paper, pencil to paper. It doesn't matter what you start off lettering. It doesn't matter in the slightest. You could try your name. I definitely recommend choosing something you're familiar with because it makes it a little bit easier if you've written something out a certain amount of times or if you've got a, a positive association towards that thing you're going to be more invested in what you're lettering that's definitely a key starting point I started though by choosing three logos I think I chose in the end that were all quite familiar to me I chose slightly older versions of the logo, so just to vary it a little bit, because some of them have got a bit more modernised over the time. So I chose logos that have been around since the kind of late 1800s or early 1900s that all had a bit of a vintage script look about them. Um, well, most of them did. And I lettered those out, and that's my first proper attempt at lettering really aside from the awful bit I try to do for my friend's wedding invitations which I explain in the first episode <laughs> which I, I don't really properly class that I suppose because it didn't really result in any final work it was more some doodles and rough pieces whereas my first final pieces I completed were of existing logos and that's a good way to go choose some logos that you know obviously you need to be careful with what you share if you do copy other pieces of work I think um, even, you know even if you credit the person or tag the person that perhaps the work belongs to that's not usually okay you generally need to get permission first but for your own personal development see what you like and have a go at replicating it that's the kind of pattern when I was doing art at school that we followed at school it was always a case of you'd look at different artists like say Picasso or Matisse and you would copy their work throughout most of the term and you would pay attention to techniques and styles, colours, composition, those sorts of things and then towards the end of that term then it would be a case of 
perhaps choosing two or three things where you'd draw up your own work and start applying those styles and compositions and develop it a bit further and then finally create a piece of your own which was your own composition and your own style taking into consideration those findings from the earlier studies that you did and lettering isn't really I'd say you know much different to that technique you can look at other people's work and find things that inspire you and patterns and techniques and then apply those to creating your own unique pieces of work. Lettering is one of those things where letters are kind of the basic structure of a letter is sort of set in stone and has been since the Roman era. <laughs> so a very, very, very long, long time and maybe at some point in the far, far future it might change dramatically. But if you actually stop and think, the structure of letters hasn't changed too much since Roman times. The only thing that's changed is the way people draw those letters, the styles that they apply to those letters, and that has changed and adapted. For years and years and years and years, you only saw letters with serifs on them, the little feet on the bottoms and tops of them and end bits of them. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, the Futura font in like the kind of early um, and it's like around 1920 or something like that, that suddenly appeared and that had no serifs. And then all of a sudden it became okay to not use the serifs on letters anymore. So there are certain trends, but that, that style, that's not structure, the letter structure of the future font was still the same as the letter structure of, you know, the Roman, the Roman lettering. So it's important to keep that in mind that you don't really change the letters as such. You just style them more than anything else with hand lettering. You can obviously extend bits of letters beyond how you normally see them. You might bring the leg of an R down a lot further than it normally goes. There's certain things like that that you can do. But it's just finding your own style, which comes in time. It's not usually something that will just pop up overnight. In regards to starting lettering, you just keep doing it. <laughs> you keep doing it as often as you can, and along the way you'll pick up and learn new things. You'll come across new questions you want answering, which will lead you to new techniques and new skills. There probably is more to it than that, and I'm sure as my lettering journey goes along, I will find more answers and I'll find a better way again of answering that question. I have no doubt. The other main question that still stands out to me that I had when I first started lettering, that I thought when I first started lettering, was what is the right way to letter? So what is the right way to hand letter, brush letter, and apply calligraphy? And I think I probably answered it <laughs> really in my last question that I shared the response to. That Again, there's no right way to do something. There's certain patterns to follow like um, downstrokes are usually thick and upstrokes are usually thin and it's usually the norm to try and keep proportions relatively similar across all of your letters. But with hand lettering there is no set this is what you have to do and this is the right way to letter and the only way to kind of go about it. And again that's something I've discovered along my journey. 
I assume there was sort of some specific technique that you always had to apply as a letterer. And like I said, there are kind of rules within the lettering world, but most rules are usually actually there to be bent or broken just a little bit. Not always, because sometimes it doesn't work, but it can't hurt to try and experiment with those. So if you've ever thought that, like what is the right way to letter, stop worrying about it. <laughs> don't, don't focus on that anymore, there is no right way. Experiment within your work, see what you can create, and often you'll start to look at your work and think, no, that doesn't look right, or yeah, actually, that's pretty cool, I like that. And then that might take you a bit further. A lot of it is just making sure you do the work, practice. That's what gets you, you know, ahead. That's what helps you develop. Even though I've been lettering now over a year, I find every time I work on a new lettering piece, doesn't matter how big or small it is, I always learn something new. I'm always making a mental note like, oh, okay, I'll keep that in mind and I'll apply that to all future pieces I do now. And that's happened every single time I've have done a lettering piece. Sometimes it's the same thing that I remind myself of at one point, then kind of forget, then re-remember. <laughs> like, oh, I mustn't, you know, do that. And then I still do that the next time. And then I remember again, right, okay, I mustn't do that. <laughs> Going forward in the future. If you've asked yourself either of these questions before, please do feel free to reach out and let me know. Uh, share your thoughts in the comments for this episode in the show notes. It would be great to know. I'm sure I'm not alone in, in thinking, well, I know I'm not alone in the, in the first question, but the second one, I'm sure I was um, never alone in questioning that. So, yeah, let me know. But I think that brings this episode to the end now. I apologise, I'm a bit out of breath now. I've been trying to blast through this as quickly as I can as the renovators, I mentioned it in the last week's episode, they're still down there. Nah. <laughs> I want the piece of quiet back now. Uh, hopefully they're going to be done in the next couple of weeks. It um, turns out that they've been converting what was an old outbuilding into a bedroom. The, they've put the apartment up there down for, it's, I think it's up the lease even, um, at the end of this month. So I'm hoping they're going to be definitely finished before they're planning on having some um, people moving down there. So all being well, it will be back to quiet and normal re recording environment soon and I won't have to rush through things quite so much to get it done before some major sawing and drilling noises coming from down below. I will be away on vacation for the next two weeks so there won't be a podcast episode next week or the week after. It's possibly good timing actually because I imagine they're going to be really picking up the pace with the renovating down there and probably making more noise than they already do now so perhaps it is good timing that I've got this vacation booked um, and the time off booked. So I will see you again in a couple of weeks with episode 11. Thank you again so much for listening and helping me to reach 10 episodes of this podcast series so far. I really do appreciate you listening in, all of your comments and feedback. It's really, really encouraging. So thank you, thank you, thank you. If you do, again, want to leave any kind of uh, honest review, uh, by all means go ahead and do that through iTunes or Stitcher. 
I will see you again or I will be back again even <laughs> in a couple of weeks. Thank you and bye for now.